Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. Hello, Kelvin Newman here, founder of Brighton SEO. Now, I want to take you through some ideas about how to avoid your search marketing campaign falling short of its potential. Over the number of years that I've worked in digital marketing, and particularly SEO, it's always disappointing when you go into a campaign and there's kind of quite high hopes of the success that will come from that. You can, you know, you do your research, you do your preparation, and you see that there's you know, great scope, great opportunity to do well. But what sometimes happens over time is that you don't quite reach that potential. You don't quite reach those measures of success that you've really been hoping for. So in today's podcast, what I want to do is take you through some practical ways in which if you're working as an SEO professional, things you can do to try and make sure that your campaign doesn't fall short of its potential. And hopefully this will also be interesting for people who aren't working in search marketing because actually Although I'm talking about examples that are particularly SEO related, hopefully the lessons will apply to pretty much anyone who's in a a marketing role of any shape or form. Now, there is the old saying, isn't there? If a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, I want to update that and I want to talk about that in a different way, that if an SEO makes a recommendation and no one implements it, you know, did it really matter? Was, Was it worth making the implementation in the first place? Because if an SEA makes a recommendation and it not, doesn't get implemented, was it ultimately a waste of time? Now, I'm going to make a bit of a prediction here. I think that more campaigns, particularly SEO campaigns, and I think this is also true with social media campaigns, they fail due to poor execution rather than poor strategy. So it's not the idea, the the principles behind the the strategy that leads to the failure. It's actually the the delivery of that. So the way in which people go about on a day-to-day basis, that is what tends to cause the problems. So maybe you recognise some of these reasons, right? Some of the reasons why an SEO campaign might well have not hit its potential or not done quite what it should do. The developer hasn't implemented the changes. So you make a series of recommendations and the developer hasn't implemented them. Or my boss delayed signing off the budget or, you know, just got held up with a boss. Or the client was too busy to answer my questions. Or they asked me to do an audit and they never read it. 
they changed my content ideas so much it ruined the ideas. Maybe some of these stories will be familiar. These reasons for why a campaign has failed might be familiar to you. But I don't think they're reasons. I think they're excuses, right? They're excuses for why a campaign didn't work rather than the reasons for them. Because my job isn't to recommend uh, my job isn't to recommend changes to improve SEO. That isn't what my job is as a SEO professional. My job is to deliver SEO results. You know, I'm paid. Um, you know, if I'm working for an agency, I'm paid by the client to deliver the results. If I'm working in house, I'm you know employed by the company to deliver the results. I'm not kind of paid to make the recommendations. I'm paid to make the recommendations that lead to the outcome. So no more excuses, right? Our advice only has value if it's persuasive. So if we're making recommendations, our job isn't to make the recommendations, they're to make recommendations that are persuasive that get implemented. But there's some really good news, right? That someone's literally written a book about how to be persuasive. Um, You may have heard this before, the, the influence the psychology of persuasion robert b caldini he's written a book about how to persuade people it's based upon a number of scientific principles which are framed around the six key principles of influence so what i'm going to do in the rest of this podcast is take you through those six key principles of influence and you might have heard this kind of talked about in terms of cro conversion rate optimization well i'm going to take you through them how they could have an impact in terms of like an agency client relationship or a kind of employee-boss relationship. So the first of those ideas that these principles, the first of these six principles in Caldini's book is reciprocity. I can never say it, right? People tend to return a favour, right? So we tend to respond where people return a favour, right? So you should always give before you take, right? So when you're working in these kind of relationships, you're trying to get an SEO you're trying to deliver SEO results, you need to give before you take. So you want to be asking questions like, how do you help them do their job while still doing yours? So kind of frame everything that you do. If you're trying to make recommendations, you should be thinking about and framing that in the context of the person you want to persuade. How do you help them do their job? Right? How do you make it feel like you're doing them a favor? Now, ultimately, you've still got your objectives, you've still got your results you want to achieve, but by framing it in a slightly different way, you're much more likely to get the outcome that you want. Now, the second of those principles is commitment and consistency. So if people commit orally or in writing to an idea or a goal, they're more likely to honour that commitment, right? So there's the studies that back this up, that if there's people value commitment and consistency, So if you can get people to commit, you're in a much stronger position. So that means get people to physically sign off actions. If you have a meeting, get them to say, do you agree to these actions? Run through them in the meeting or run through them in email afterwards. That's a good way of doing things. And also, you know, the language you use, whether it's kind of written in email or whether it's kind of delivered, you know, in a meeting itself... A good way of framing things in order to get people to do what it is you want to do is this kind of framing. So you're going to do that. Is that correct? Right? So you're kind of specifically stating that they're going to do it and then getting them to agree that yes or no, that they are or aren't going to do that. If they say yes, they've made a commitment and out of consistency, they will try and deliver that as well. 
So the third of these principles is social proof. So people will do things that they see other people doing. So this has some really practical implications for people who are conducting SEO audits or kind of general digital marketing audits. We're recommending doing this because your competitor is doing it, right? So you're kind of rather than saying, I think you should implement hreflang, you're saying we recommend implementing hreflang because competitor X has implemented hreflang. And, you know, again, if you want to use some particular words or phrases in your emails, this has worked for competitor X when making a justification why. Now, in an ideal world, you would justify every decision, every recommendation that you make as a marketer with some kind of numerical kind of commercial, you know, value, right? So here's the benefit of it. But that can be quite hard to do. So if you can't do that, a good sort of, you know, fallback is relying on social proof. So this has worked for other people already. Next to these principles, authority. People tend to obey authority figures, even if they're asked, you know, perform objectionable acts. Now, I'm not asking, you know, your SEO recommendations aren't going to be objectionable acts. But if you can kind of the more authority that you can give yourself in the process, the greater the likelihood it is that your changes will be implemented. And this can sometimes be a bit tricky. Sometimes people are a bit shy about talking about their credentials, you know, talking about what makes them good. But you want credentials in your proposal, credentials on your email, like literally credentials everywhere. If you've got, you know, success stories, case studies, all of these types of things that can add authority to you as someone making the recommendation, that's really, really powerful, right? You're you're giving yourself authority. Now, there's this idea of the hippo. You might have heard this before. So that's the highest paid person's opinion. That's what hippo stands for. And there's a lot of people in the world of analytics, particularly who say fight the hippos, you know, they're wrong, you know, just because they're the highest paid person in the room doesn't mean doesn't give them the right to make decisions about marketing and they want to rely on data. Now that is true and I can see the persuasive argument for that, but actually I know this is the reality that I work in. This is the world in which you have to make recommendations. So the authority of those people can help you get your recommendations made. Understand that, use that to your benefit. Use the hippos, make friends with them to help push through your recommendations. Now, another of those principles, liking. People are easily persuaded by people that they like. You know, making them like you is, is, you know, is perhaps, if not more important than giving the right advice. Now, if you give good advice and they don't like you, they're not going to implement it. It doesn't matter how good the advice is. If they don't like you, they won't implement it. And this is kind of, I've seen this, you know, I've seen this in particular campaigns. I've seen, you know, relationship managers, SEA managers who have a great relationship who might not always necessarily have the best command or the best, you know, of, of search marketing or the best experience, but they deliver better results because actually what they ask for gets implemented. You know, someone being very, very knowledgeable, but not very persuasive isn't necessarily the kind of person I want running a campaign. So you need to be thinking with every conversation, how can I build rapport? So if this is with your boss, with your peers, with your client, what you're trying to do is how can you be building that rapport? How can you be cementing and building that relationship so they like you? The more that they like you, the greater the likelihood is they're going to implement the changes that you suggest or follow the strategy that you outline. Now, scarcity is another of these ideas. Perceived scarcity will generate demand. Now, you might think, how can I apply scarcity to you know my recommendations you know if i'm making a strategy how do i apply scarcity to those recommendations well how can you do that well you frame it around opportunity cost as i sort of alluded to if you talk about not doing this will mean we will miss out on that that's a way of introducing scarcity 
and also quantifying the value of success again adds scarcity to it as well that by you know saying this is what you're missing out on this is what um you won't get by not doing these things that allows you to add an element of scarcity which leads to it being you know more likely to be implemented so there's some of those principles right some of those ideas if you follow these through change your language change your way of framing things change your way of thinking about things i think based upon those principles that caldini talks about you can be more likely to have successful marketing campaigns now in every case you need a successful great idea in order to go off and make these recommendations but i don't think that's the problem i think lots of good ideas just don't get implemented so implementation is the important one i want to finish off with a bit of an aside right now there is a difference between a fact an observation and an insight now a fact would say something like i don't know twice as many people search for contact lenses in october compared to september that would be a fact an observation would be this trend is closely correlated with searches for colored contact lenses, right? So that would be an observation. And an insight would be Halloween drives search interest in colored and normal contact lenses. Now, there's a big difference there between the fact, which is here's what happened, an observation which has a bit more context to it. And then finally, the insight. That is something that I can respond to. So facts and observations are interesting, but only insights are useful, and remember, useful always beats interesting. So with any of these kind of things, making your recommendations about what is useful rather than what is interesting is a really great way of framing everything that you do to ensure that there's a good likelihood that it actually gets responded to. So hopefully that's given you some ideas, some recommendations for ways in which you can increase the likelihood of you, whether you're working in-house, whether you're working for yourself, whether you're working for an agency, how you can ensure that the recommendations, the suggestions that you make are more likely to have the impact that you want by being persuasive. Merely having the right answer isn't enough. You need to have the right answer and be able to persuade other people that that's the correct answer and that this is what they should do as a response. Thanks, Kelvin. And thanks to you all for listening. Show notes, as usual, are at sitevisibility.com forward slash IM podcast. Two ways to get hold of us. The email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. And the telephone hotline, if you want to leave a question or a comment, is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. So that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Kelvin. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.